okay, this is it then. This is it. It's the one. It, it has to be because that would be too much work if it isn't. <laughs> Let's take three. Okay, so we're recording. Hey there, I'm Abel and I'm with my friend and colleague. Dan, hello. Hey, and welcome to our first podcast, a series of conversations called Leading From Between. Now, this is really just a passion project that started with Dan and I having various chats about leadership, culture, and navigating through the tensions that leaders face every day. We realized just as we were chatting about it between the two of us that actually a lot of leaders are thinking about similar things. And so we thought of inviting you into these chats, especially if you're a leader facing similar challenges. Now, we've called it leading from between because leadership involves a lot of managing tensions. And sometimes uh, we kind of feel that it's our job to sort of sort it all out and to, to round off all the tricky edges. But actually, a lot of tensions are not so much problems to be solved that they are paradoxes that have to be navigated. And it's leading from between because all leadership is leadership from between. You may be a leader of a family or a team or an informal influence to your peers, but you're also a leader under another leader. Your leadership exists between two ends, your authority over you and the people you're leading. And you know, there's so much leadership content in the world. Yeah, I, I read the other day, Dan, that every six hours, somewhere in the world, a new leadership book is written and published. That's quite a bit. Like, you, I mean, you couldn't even get through that if you were blink listing it all. Yeah. Like... I mean, you couldn't even like get through just the Amazon previews on, on all of or that. Even if like, you're just or... reading book titles, it's still a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, some books, all you need to read is the title, <laughs> but um, yeah. And, and yet, as much as there is leadership content in the world, I just think that there's not always enough about how you lead under authority. How, how do you follow in a sense? Because every yeah, leader... How do you lead from between in that in that strange position but it's a strange position but actually it's where most people spend most of their careers it's a shared experience for all leaders if you think about it most leaders have a boss um, and not many leaders have no boss and so that's what we're trying to speak into uh, we're speaking into that space that happens between um, that a lot of leaders exist in leading from between and i and part of what I've enjoyed in speaking to Abel is that we're quite similar, but we're also quite different. And we found that a, a useful tension in our discussions. We're quite similar in that we we both lead teams. We both have two jobs. We both pastors in the church and we're also both new parents. Uh, uh, Abel's got, Abel and Jacinthia have got a four-month-year-old Levi and yep. uh, Kate and I have got twin two-year-old girls. I, I, and, uh, I think parenting is like the greatest, uh, most challenging form of leadership. And Dan, tell us a little bit about your recent challenge, your most recent leadership challenge with your girls. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, parenting's amazing, isn't it? It goes from the highest of highs of joy to like uh, just the opposite. Like we were putting our girls down and it was like calm time, like get them ready for bed. And my wife just like got this nappy uh, and just threw it towards the bin. But unfortunately, it hadn't been sealed properly. And so as she threw it towards the bin, the entire contents of the nappy emptied itself across the room and uh it just went from this lovely moment of like ah oh, story time to oh my goodness <laughs> to modern art on the everywhere. wall yeah and uh yeah it took quite a while and once that smells in your nose it just won't go <laughs> and uh yeah so we're quite similar we're facing a lot of the similar challenges uh in our sort of uh, uh work yeah. and ministry and home lives uh but we're also quite different yeah we're, we're different because we come from different places um we're west and east and 
um, has come from the UK. Uh, I'm a Malaysian. Uh, we also had different educational backgrounds. Dan, I think you studied music, is that right? Mm, and yeah. and I, did, I studied economics and communications. Uh, and we had quite different childhood backgrounds as well. Uh, and, and I think that plays a lot into how your leadership is formed because um, your first exposure to a leader is your parent or, or, or your elders at oh. home. Uh, and, and I think a little bit more on that in a moment, but that really does inform how you navigate through certain tensions, like the challenge that we are, the tension that we're talking about today. So, yeah, so th this is what we're planning to kind of do is each time we're going to have a conversation around a tension in leadership and give you some examples of that tension that we have faced or are facing at the moment. Then we're going to uh, reflect on it and share some thoughts. And then we're going to give you some takeaways. And that that's really important, landing on some takeaways, because um, I, I think the point is what you're going to do as a leader on Monday. It's that sort of yeah. so what um, to all of this. Uh, we're going to be talking about how these tensions play out through our personal experiences, but also maybe hopefully give some helpful handles or at least just some um, grap grapple, uh, grapples and hooks on, on how you can work through those tensions. And this isn't because we know what to do, but it's the fact that when you get, well, not to the office, but when you get to work tomorrow, because we're still under lockdown, mm -hmm. um, we're going to have to act. And even if we choose to wait, waiting is an act. And uh, we've got written on our, our walls and our, uh, where we're working from the moment, expect to get it wrong, uh, because this is all new territory. Um, but so we're just going to try and land this um, in some helpful ways for you, because that's what we're doing when we get to work tomorrow morning. Great. And so for this conversation, um, our first one, the tension that we're going to be talking about today is a tension that a lot of leaders are feeling right now, especially in this season of coronavirus, um, this season of um, a global pandemic. And that's the tension of care versus challenge. Then tell us why this is a tension. Well, I think first it's a tension because as leaders, uh, we it's part of our job description. You have to care for the people that you're uh, in authority over, the, uh, that you're responsible for. You've got to care for them, but you've also got to challenge them. And things like vision casting, goal setting, personal development, those are those all involve care and challenge. Now, this is also potentially an interesting challenge if you're in the sort of upper middle management position because you sort of reached a position where you start have to doing more of this stuff for yourself uh, uh more self-care and more self-challenge mm. not because your uh leaders above you are going to stop caring for you or stop caring uh, challenging you but it's just part of the natural trajectory that you have to take more responsibility for yourself and part of your job is to kind of make your bosses those above you their life easier and one of the things to do is to learn to self-manage and and that can be a a challenge for people as they first step into this sort of sphere uh, of leadership um so all of us as leaders have to care for people and we have to challenge them as well now challenge is key because uh, without challenge there's no purpose um, there's there's no growth um and often that's what complicates things right because growth can only often come through discomfort and um you well discomfort comes with challenge uh and uh, it's easy in this time to feel overwhelmed because um in in a season where the opportunity is unprecedented but also the threat is unprecedented um leaders can find themselves in this position of um, asking themselves do i care in this moment or do i provide challenge and what complicates things yeah. is when you veer too much on one end um, you know, if you, you just focus on care, then you're not really moving forward. It doesn't exactly give you 
um, a, a direction moving forward. Um, you don't really grow just by sitting around caring for each other like Care Bears. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, if you're just majoring on challenge... That was a solid 90s reference there, Care Bears. Right. I don't think I've thought age. about Care Bears in the last 20 years. I, I, like, I love Care Bears, by the way. They just sit around shooting um, hearts at each other. I wish that's how the world works. Um, but but also you can't you can't um, just focus on challenge because that can very often lead to harm and um, uh, just irresponsible behavior. Um, and yeah, yeah. We, we, we've got a guy in our team at the moment, Mike, who keeps reminding us that none of us have ever lived through a global pandemic before. This is entirely new territory, and it really keys. We don't know what we don't know, uh, and care obviously is so key in this season because a lot of our usual moments for caring uh, methods of caring for ourselves but also caring for other people have been turned upside down you know like as pastors in a church so much of what we do involves physical contact like we run a food bank and people need to be able to come somewhere and receive food and that's totally been removed so from sort of that sort of outward care, but also the inward care, the things that we do that refresh our souls, that give us rest and also give us delight and wonder. A lot of those things have been uh, changed radically in this time. And so we need to be thinking about how we replace those uh, uh, at this moment in particular. Yes. And, and so this is a challenge because if you're a leader, you are you know leading people. Um, and, and there's an influence and responsibility that comes with your role as well. And very often leaders are in positions where they find themselves shaping the culture of their team um, and informing the, direct, the direction or the formation of a person. So as a teacher, when we were teaching in high need, um, challenging environments, um, we were often told that um, no, no student will move um, past their uh, barriers without high challenge, without high expectations. And yet you can only break through barriers with a foundation of care. And so there's this interplay here between care and challenge. And, and that's what we're going to be speaking into today. But first, as we sort of talk about those challenges, I think it might be helpful to sort of ground that into how that played out in our personal life. So then in, in your own leadership formation, um, how has this tension of care versus challenge play out? We talked about it a bit before, but our, the the backgrounds we grew up parenting wise are very different, very different family kind of settings. And obviously, I think in sometimes in some ways we massively feel uh, the east west uh, stereotypes because both of our we've both got a a parent who is a teacher. Uh, my dad's a teacher. Abel's mum's a teacher. And uh, I just remember this amazing conversation between Abel uh, when he met my dad. And uh, Abel was talking about, uh, what was it yeah. you'd done? Was it your first math test? Yeah. So I was eight years old. Uh, and, you know, as you said, then my mom was a teacher. Um, she actually was a pretty good one as well. So she retired as an award-winning principal, right? Uh, but, you know, generally in our context, if you ask um, a typical sort of average Malaysian, um, how does it feel like to have um, a parent who's a teacher? Um, they, they might tell you that it's bad news. Um, and it was certainly bad news for me as an eight-year-old because one day as I got back from school, I had just received my exam results for a math test. I thought I, I got some pretty good scores, right? And so I sort of jumped into the car and I said very cheerfully, Mom, I got 88 for maths. And um, what happened next just <laughs> shook my world, just changed my life and, and basically formed my, my leadership uh, for years to come because she basically just opened the door um, and said, well, you know, 88 is not good enough and you need to walk home now. And so there I was <laughs> at the side of the road, like just crying, never again. It's quite hot in Malaysia as well. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, my, my mom actually let me walk for about 10 steps before she made a U-turn and took me in again. So that was, uh, that's the care part of the story. Um, you know, I didn't actually have to walk back home. But that experience really left an imprint. And, you know, I, I actually never got 88 for maths again. It was, it was always at least 90 and above. Uh, and there's something about so this story. I, what I love, though, what, what I love was Abel was telling the story to my dad. And then he turned around to my dad and said, well, well what would you have done if Dan had got 88% on a, on a mattress? Right. At, at, at which dad... point he said, well, I would have given him a TV or bought him something. Because <laughs> that's what, like, that's what like, happened, right? They well, they would have thrown me a party if I ever got that in maths. Like, yeah, like, and and again, like, we would just say, like, when I finished my GCSE exams at the age of sixteen, um, my parents gave me <laughs> gave me a TV for finishing the exams, not when we got the grades, but just for you know, because I turned up, I I sat there, I I tried my best and, for participation. Um, yeah, participation, and I I think that really does fulfill the East West stereotype of uh, teaching. Uh, what's the word pedagogy method. yeah yeah so i i think that's um that's sort of a, a big stark contrast but also this sort of lands for us doesn't it like day to day in the moment in our teams so like, what are sort of the, the 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 kind of big highlights for you where's this sort of coming out as a tension at the moment for you yeah so you know right now as we speak we're going through this global pandemic we've never come through a moment like this before it's sort of a once in a century sort of situation um, and, you know, then when, when Malaysia went into lockdown in March, uh, our team decided to form a new structure uh, and, you know, everyone went online um, in, in Malaysia. So you know, we've been working from home for the last few weeks. Uh, and, and what we did the day after the MCO started was we decided to just call for daily huddles um, every morning for half an hour from 9.30 to 10. We'd just come together on a, a Zoom call and we basically... Um, pray, offer words of encouragement, um, and then set the vision of the day. But just in doing that, I, I realized that I was actually navigating through this tension already, uh, this tension of care versus challenge. Because in that half an hour, um, I found myself um, starting the day by, you know, um, sort of majoring on that care aspect, you know, talking about how you are um, and, you know, offering prayer um, and, and sometimes literally setting aside the agenda to, to talk about, you know, challenges and and, and the struggles that people were going through about loneliness and, and mental health. And yet, you know, uh, in, in some of those morning huddles, I would also find myself majoring on, on challenge. Um, sometimes in the very same calls where we were talking about struggles, ending with what's your, what's your win today? You know, what, what's going to set you up for, um, you know, accomplishing a work goal today? And, you know, I often step back from a huddle like this, asking myself, um, was I caring enough or was I challenging enough? And therein is, is that tension that a lot of us feel. You can feel like an awkward gear change, right? Like you haven't got the clutch fully down. and you're oh. Yeah, you, 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 you actually do want to do both um, as a leader who, who loves their team. And yet, um, sometimes you don't always know which one is right. Um, do you, and, and to some extent, it's less risky to just care, right? Because that's sort of, you know, no one's going to hate a leader who uh, is just caring. Um, and uh, it, it, it can be slightly unpopular if you're just a challenging leader. And yet we all know that... Um, Without challenge, there's no, there's no purpose, there's no growth, and growth exists often through discomfort. And it's the role of a leader to sometimes lead teams and lead themselves um, through moments of discomfort. 
So we, we're going through this funny balance there now. And, and I, you know, I've, I've actually stayed up at night sometimes thinking about whether I've been caring enough or whether I've been challenging enough. And, and I think a lot of leaders are going through this season right now as well. And I think one of the ways it becomes really clear that they're, they're not binary is because one of the challenges of this moment is that things are so unclear that we're planning week to week. We're, we're really not sure how long things are going to last, how people are going to react. And so actually the challenge provide some clarity uh, because it, it, it often ends in goal setting and things like that. And um, and that can actually start to reduce the uncertainty, which actually is then a lot easier to um, a lot easier to navigate on a personal level. Mm. Um, I, I was thinking back how actually a lot of the teachers that left an impact are the ones that challenged you. But actually, the ones that challenged you are the ones who actually cared. Right. They cared about their jobs. They cared about the kids. Uh, and they didn't, you know, you had very few who just challenging because they didn't care. It's, it's actually the opposite. Uh, and and for me, actually, my first ever manager, amazing woman called Louisa, uh, you know, I just finished a four-year degree, arts degree in music. Like, I didn't arrive in the workplace with, like, necessarily all of the basic skills that were needed first and foremost. Uh, and she just kept on challenging me, did not get off uh you know let me go on these certain things just just basic things but actually i look back to now and say actually uh if i didn't have those all of this other stuff that i brought wouldn't have been able to be utilized in any any way and that that challenging was a real act of care mm. now what's interesting is the words you use just now um and you said the words look back um, there's something about how time can inform our perspective around care and challenge as well. And so I, I think it might be useful for us to go to the next section of this conversation, talk about some of the theological references that we've, we see this tension being played out. And, you know, we, we've also been talking about how um, the G Jesus-shaped leadership um, looks like when it comes to navigating through this tension of care and challenge. Mm -hmm. So then um, how, how does that look like? Well, I just think that the two passages that have really come come to us are, are Matthew 11 and John 21 have both proved really fruitful and helpful. And, and Matthew 11 has this famous bit where Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And you're like, yeah, brilliant. Mm, great. Sounds very caring. Like, put my feet up. And then it's take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And a yoke is what you put on a cow to help pull the plow. It's like, it's not just work, it's proper work. And he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. And then he repeats it for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And here Jesus holds both of those. He's holding care and giving you rest. And he's also holding challenge, giving you work. Uh, and Frederick Dale Bruner uh, makes this amazing sort of commentary on this. And he says that Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give to the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh and better way to bear responsibilities. The, um, the, the, the real, realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. You can't get away from that. Mm. Uh, and he doesn't offer escape. He offers equipment. Right. Sounds like a tiger mom to me. Doesn't offer escape office equipment <laughs> well i i think as well the whole context of this passage is is john the baptist and like john the baptist is not somebody you'd probably go to for uh how to care for people he's like fire and brimstone and he's got his uh camel well, his, his garments, chief right? message is repent which sounds like yeah. an ultimate challenge in the moment but really is long-term care right 
Yeah, and and it holds all these tensions. And John comes to Jesus like, "If you're the Messiah, why am in jail? Why am I in jail? Do you not care for me?" And Jesus comes back to him with a challenge, but also says, "Blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of me." So again, challenge and care being held very closely together. And uh, and again in that passage, you've got that famous verse, "The kingdom of God advances forcefully." Uh, so this idea that we we don't just drift into what God has for us. There there is this element of challenge, but also it's talking about the kingdom of God, which is God's care, his rule and reign for us in our lives. Uh, and so in, in, if you like, that's Jesus' teaching. But Jesus as the practitioner, um, uh, we just really see this in John 21. You've got Peter. He's he's messed up completely. He's And Jesus is restoring him. And what's really interesting is in this passage, everything about Jesus' actions says, Peter, I care for you. Mm. But all of his words are about challenge. So he, he says, right. I, I care for you. I've provided for you. I've come to you. I've I've like helped you out. Uh, but then after they've had breakfast, Jesus says, do you love me? Yes. And he doesn't say, Peter, I love you. Do you love me? He just goes straight in with you. Do you love me? Uh, and it's just such a raw challenge yeah. uh, for so many other things that we haven't got time to go into. But it's so poignant. Um, but again, this challenge is a moment of care because Peter, who's messed up, Jesus is giving him an opportunity to identify with the the true Peter. He's saying, like, do you want to be Simon, this guy who just goes one way and the other way and just denies me? Or do you want to be Peter? Do, do you love me? Mm. Uh, and Peter says, yeah, I do. And Jesus then gives him more work. Feed my lambs. Even more, even um, more take, challenge. Go feed my yeah, lambs. Yeah, even more challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Provide food. Look after my look after people. Um, is, is is and he holds these two intention and again again beautifully peter was hurt because jesus asked him a third time jesus challenges him uh, and he says you know with you know you know all these things you know that i love you and jesus again gives and again mm. it's it's work but it's the call on peter's life mm. so so really vividly there you see jesus refusing to focus just on care or just on challenge he holds the two beautifully together he doesn't make it mutually um, exclusive no, not at all. So that's how Jesus puts it into practice. Abel, how are you? Tomorrow, 9.30 till 10, uh, yeah. you're going to be in your huddle. Uh, how, how do you put this into practice? What, what can we take away? Yeah, I, I, I think practically it's important to just remember that they're not necessarily two opposite ideas. Uh, that like Jesus, um, care and challenge can be the same thing. Um, and very often if you do it right in the long term, care is challenge and care uh, and challenge can be caring. Um, and so I, I think of three practical actions that all leaders can take um, in a season like this. Uh, and they really model after the way Jesus lived out how he balanced um, this tension or how he handled this tension of uh, care versus uh, challenge. Um, and the first thing to do is to differentiate. Um, don't think of your team as a one size fits all, everyone's the same. That would be um, a mistake because we all sit on a different part of the spectrum. Uh, we, we, we are all on a range of emotions um, and sometimes on an hour-to-hour -hour basis. Um, you might have a good hour or a bad hour and therefore um, you might need to use different responses to lead yourself. And if that's true for self-leadership, then that's even more true for others' leadership as well. And it's also on both ends of the spectrum because sometimes we can think of those who are uh, more natural on the challenge as the ones who are not listening. But it, it can go the other way as well. There's this quote from Leslie Jameson that says, empathy is always perched precariously between gift and invasion. Uh, mm. And that can be the other thing that sometimes we lean in too far on the care front. And actually it can 
come across sometimes as invasion and so mm. we do learning to differentiate between people is is such a key skill yes uh, and and we're going to get it wrong <laughs> i know i've got it wrong in this season but um, um yes and, yeah. and i think that's so helpful to say then to expect to get it wrong because that's a posture of um, a humble leader um, and you know i i think one way to move forward um in order to learn how to differentiate better and better is to constantly just be open to um, the feedback of the wise, to constantly seek advice from the counsel of the wise. Um, I, I think, you know, you're right, Dan, um, it's very possible to um, assume care or presume care on others. It's also equally possible to presume challenge onto others. Um, and um, I, I think it's on us to try to understand our teams better. And, and we do that by listening. And so there's something about you, you know, how you can grow in differentiating if you're curious about your team. There, there's something about learning about your team mm. constantly and trying to understand the people there uh, in order to differentiate better. So as a teacher... There's a great saying, mm. there's a great saying that my friend uses a lot. It says, it's more fun to be detective than judge. Right. Uh, and I, I find that is a is a really helpful one for this time of just just because a lot of us don't quite know where we're at and <laughs> where other people yes. are and curiosity makes this a lot more fun yeah. as well uh, you know i was just going to say as a teacher one of the key ideas that we were trained with is to use the skill of diagnosing um to constantly diagnose our, our students because you can't differentiate without diagnosing where your students are at um, and, you know, and, and teachers would do that by giving um, tests um, as early as possible in the year so that they would know where their students are at. And, and I think if that's true for teachers, then that has to be true for leaders as well. You, you've got to constantly be putting on the lens of, you know, how, how can I diagnose my team right now? And I think it's also important to say that the diagnosis is not just on you to make, um, but it happens by seeking feedback and, and listening to the team as well. So first principle differentiate. Um, second principle, I think the second thing we can do as leaders um, in a time where um, we're trying to navigate between the tension of care versus challenge is to communicate. Uh, as leaders, we, we, we can keep communicating that care and challenge are not binaries. You can be both caring and challenging. Uh, and you know, when, when leaders lean too much into one space, it makes them dangerous. I think if you're too caring without any challenge, then you're not necessarily doing your team any favors um, because you, you don't grow or progress um, just from a place of, of care. Uh, I think, you know, no growth happens without discomfort. And yet, if you just measure and challenge, then that very often lands in harm or abuse. Every growth happens between the floor of care and the ceiling of challenge. And, you know, I think it's possible as leaders to strengthen the floor, but also raise the ceiling. So uh, first, differentiate. Second, communicate. And I think thirdly, demonstrate. There's something about how leaders um, care. They, they challenge and chart, but they also communicate through their actions. And that's the act of demonstrating through um, our behaviors. So model rest, um, but also model hard work. And you can model both. I, I think it's okay as leaders to, um, you know, push forward um, as teams and, and be very honest and, and vulnerable about how this is a season to press in into the opportunity because um, if, if we don't, then we might get left behind, but also we might not serve the people that we're meant to be serving if we're not working hard. And yet it's also a season to really model rest. I think never before in this season of opportunity and threat, um, you know, have there been um, so great a need for mental health and, and mental care. Uh, and I think it's a, a season for leaders to really model and demonstrate that to be permission givers, that it's okay to be okay, but it's also okay to be not okay. Mm. So, what what now, Dan? How 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 does this sort of 
How does this end? So Abel and I have been around this and around this. We don't know how to end because if we were going to say this is the way to do it, do it. Then it's not just, attention. I don't know. It's not attention. We can finish with a victory track. But uh, because we're saying it's attention, we kind of just need to... <laughs> just stop. hang in tension? Just hang in tension <laughs> and leave it there. But I, I think the thing to say is that um, what what Jesus... The good, the good news of this, and we see in Jesus' uh, leadership, is that the tension is not hopeless. The mm. tension is actually a place of hope, and it's a place of life as well. And that um, mm. the, 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 the danger can be we see this tension and think panic mode, but actually this is opportunity, yes. uh, and this is a place for us to grow as well as those who we're responsible for as well. So be encouraged if you're a leader struggling through this tension right now. Um, the encouragement for you is if you've stopped struggling, if you don't feel the tension anymore, then you're probably already veering too much into one or the other. Uh, but a mark of a good leader is a learning leader who has strong convictions but holds them loosely. Yeah. So we hope that's been really helpful and we would love to hear from you. So do uh, get in touch with any of your questions or, or thoughts. And uh, we hope to, that you'll join us again as we have another conversation about leading from between. Thanks for joining.